From finance to family. I'm excited to spend time with the grandkids. They brighten my day. And maintaining your lifestyle. They keep me up to date. It's time for Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester of Talon Wealth, along with Kristen Charles. Join the conversation at guardingyournestegg.com. If you like what you hear, please do share our podcast with a friend. Make sure you've subscribed and maybe give us a rating if you don't mind. So many things to get to, including the importance of learning to spend in retirement and how genuinely difficult that mental shift can be for some, along with all of this recession talk. Speaking of the craziness, this bank thing is not over, Mike. I don't know what to... (laughs) Well, the latest... First Republic has been going on for a while. Feel bad for shareholders. <laughs> They're probably not feeling really, really great this past week. But as far as people that have money invested, the government stepped in and said, hey, listen, we're going to help J.P. Morgan Chase. I think to the tune of um, the FDIC, it looks like the last thing I saw they're going to have to chip in about $13 billion um, to help with this. And then um, I guess they've offered to, to back up J.P. Morgan Chase for, for saving the bank. So, I mean, that's it's good news. I yeah. think those depositors are, are in good shape. But that doesn't change what most people are feeling that are going, well, okay, so now that's three banks. This particular bank, First Republic, so I think it was to the tune of, it was about $230 billion mm. that uh, they were worth. You go back to 2008 and what was happening back then, I think there was a bigger failure, 330 So, all things being equal or being said, we just take a look at that and just say, well, is there another bank or is this a sign of bigger issues right hmm. moving forward so mm-hmm. you gotta take a really really close look i think now at your portfolio and your investments chris and i view it like a you know the analogy it's a rubber band and you just keep stretching it stretching it, and stretching it until it finally it just gets so bad right that it snaps mm-hmm. and that's what it is when you just keep kicking this can down the road so okay, you didn't let this bank fail or you didn't let that bank fail. You, you came in and you rescued it. You pumped seven plus trillion dollars into an economy, right? So they come in and they rescue the economy. I mean, we all know that you can't just print money and you can't just rescue everybody or every company all the time without there eventually being a really, really big issue. In my experience, just talking to people at the office or people who call in for the radio show, I think it's a justified fear in Mm -hmm. that, hey, I just don't feel good about this. And it just doesn't seem like this is sustainable. And what's going to happen if I'm retired or very close to it and we get a a really, really significant problem, right? So, I mean, what if we had something like 2008, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, technically that was, you know, more of a mortgage crisis, but there was still a catalyst for it. That's a concern based on the Biden thing that just started of where if you have good credit and you're buying Mm -hmm. a home, you're going to pay more in fees. And if your credit's not as great, you'll have access to more and pay less fees. yeah, the, the, so this direction that we seem to be heading in. All, you know, you, yeah, you add that on to it. So, so what you're telling me is I did everything you told me I was supposed to do, which is pay my bills on time and have good credit and get a job and do this and pay my taxes. But now that I've done a good job and done what you said I was supposed to do, now I have to pay more than somebody who didn't. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's just not the American way, right? I mean, we want everybody to prosper, but if you incentivize people to <laughs> – so – 
you'll get a lower interest rate if your uh, credit is really bad. I'm really like, excited oh, about well, that. Well, I guess maybe I should just have bad credit. I'm going to go know. out and not pay some bills. I just stop paying my <laughs> bills, you know, and then I'll get bailed out again, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, it's all not great, but we got to take a look at it and, and just say, all right, what is this likely to do when it comes to investments here in the next three months, six months, next year? How would I want to be positioned right now? Again, I think that rubber band is just stretching and stretching and stretching. And when it does snap, to me, it's it's kind of like hitting the reset button. Mm -hmm. So markets get overbought, meaning people just keep buying and buying and buying, and that gets overdone. And then usually when it snaps, that's, you know, yeah. another word for snap would be market crash or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it goes down, but then it goes too far down. And so when it comes to active management of portfolios, we just want to look at, so the S&P is actually doing pretty well right now. It's It's not too far from its high so weird and you take a look around and you go what huh like aren't, aren't things not great uh isn't the fed raising rates aren't people spending too much money what about inflation what about this what about that how come the s p is as high as it is it's concerning but then so ask yourself well how would you like to be invested so what is the probability of the s p being higher than it is right now six months from now versus being lower than it is right now six for months me from now? it's very likely that it would be lower just well, my opinion yeah. as a regular average I, Jill on the street. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of people share the way that you feel about that. And I agree. I'd say, well, I think the probability is higher that it will be lower. So the next step is, so what are you going to do about it? Mm. Are you just going to hang in there and sort of, if it is down, write it down and then wait for it to come back? Or are you working with a firm that can sit down with you and go, well, hey, listen, uh, there are investments. So we get calls a lot about inverse investment options, meaning, so why don't I just own uh, a position that goes up if the S&P goes down? It's, it's very easy to do. There are plenty of ETFs out there. If you want more information, give us a call. You know, something that I'll say it, it's hard to, I'll probably have to spell it, but uh, there's a company called Direxion, right? D-I-R-E-X-I-O-N. They customize ETFs. So if you want to own the inverse of the S&P, you could go to their website. You could read through everything. You could figure out, you know, kind of where you want to be. We could certainly talk to you about it. But it's not that difficult to own the other side of the market, meaning if markets go down, you go up. And so too many of us are conditioned to believe, mostly through investments that we have at our employer or maybe advisors or banks that we've been working with, that you make money when markets are up and you lose money when markets are down and you settle for the average. It, it doesn't have to be that way. So... People ask me a lot, what is active management? Because I haven't had it before. What does that really mean? What well, does it mean that we time markets? It means we look at probabilities. And what is our probability of success in the market? What's the probability of the market going up? If it's high, we want to be more into the market, right? If it's low, we probably want to be inverse. Kind of an interesting situation right now, and we talk about this, because fixed rates are so high, on things like not so much savings accounts at banks, but things mm -hmm. like money market accounts. Uh, you can find some CDs that are doing real well. Uh, we like treasuries, and, and depending on what you're looking at, but those are anywhere in like the four to five percent range mm -hmm. as far as a, a as a return, depending on which one and, and length of time. But if you've got that kind of rate on, we'll call it safe money. You know, I hate that word because right. people it sounds like an annuity, but yeah, sounds like an annuity. It's not, so not what we're I gotta come up with something other than the word safe money, but it, it is technically safe money. If you're going to take risk, you got to beat, let's just say four and a half. Otherwise you shouldn't be taking any risk on your money. And that's a conversation we're having week after week. And if it's a conversation you'd like to continue and really dig into the options about head over to guardingyournestegg.com. 
Continuing on this crazy market economy conversation, a conference board survey showed consumer confidence deteriorated in April as many became more pessimistic about the job market. And according mm-hmm. to a Market Watch article, quote, constant readings below 80 often signal a recession within the next year. And then this is a different quote. The expectations index has been below that level in every month except for one in the last 14 months. Now, you and the rest of the talent team of fiduciaries never present a gloom and doom perspective. However, you're always realistic. So if the last 14 months have signaled a recession and they're saying we're basically overdue, Mm -hmm. what do we do about that listening today nearing an end retirement? We talk about it all the time. If we're not already in a recession, it's pending. The economy is slowing down. People are pulling back. They are more concerned. Things like consumer confidence. I mean, if you do what we do, right, and we're looking at probabilities, we try to take emotion out of those probabilities. We want to look at numbers and just facts. And consumer confidence is one of the indicators that will go into an algorithm that is used to measure what is the probability of markets doing better moving forward versus doing worse. So when those consumer confidence numbers are going down or staying down, it means people are less likely to reach in their pocket, pull their wallet out and and pay for something, right? They're starting to cut back. And it hasn't happened very quickly because we've talked about, I mean, just just leave your home and go somewhere. You can see how many people are actually out spending money. Mm -hmm. But the numbers are getting more concerning about where that money is coming from. So a lot of that money is starting to come from retirement accounts. A lot of that money is starting to come from running up credit card debt, all of these things. And I'm worried, I don't know that this is the case, but I'm I'm worried that we've created this environment where instead of people getting nervous and protecting money, it's been, I mean, pretty easy if you think about it, Kristen. People Mm -hmm. have, I mean, they got into trouble and and their government just showed up and bailed them out. Hey, thanks, appreciate it. Right, uh, hey, thanks. Just writing checks left and right. Just speeding down the highway, just letting them float out the the window. (laughs) Yeah, and then so... (laughs) If that's your mentality, and I don't think that's really not the mentality of certainly us at Talon or of our clients who've right. you know, been through more, but these younger people that are just down spending, like, it's crazy. So, yes, I'm worried. The idea here is understand how your money is likely to work. If somebody's telling you to hang in there, ask yourself, where do you think the S&P is going from here? It's pretty close to high, and there's some clouds on the horizon here. It seems like a storm. There's a lot of bills that have to get paid. And the government's just making them bigger and bigger. So what we're doing is sitting down with listeners, doing an analysis of their current portfolio, showing them what probabilities are moving forward. And if we can help you create a more efficient portfolio, maybe that's more protected from some of this volatility we think we're going to see, or maybe even take advantage of that volatility, Hmm. that's what active management is all about. And we're happy to share. Again, we're always at guardingyournestag.com. And Mike, I always call you Mike Silver Lining Lester because you're such a positive guy. And one positive aspects of your job is that sometimes you and the other fiduciaries on the team often have to encourage clients to spend and enjoy some of their money in retirement. And sure. Often it doesn't matter how much they've saved or what pie charts and graphs you've shown them. The worry of not having enough is something that they just cannot shake. And I get that. Mm-hmm. So what is a reasonable number we need to have set aside to know that we can start spending a few dollars on things we really want to enjoy in retirement? Maybe it's vacations. Maybe it's that kitchen edition. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's a frustrating thing in terms of, I, I know we were talking, again, off air about a lot of marketing that we see. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, we do investments for people that are retired or very close to it. And so we're going to notice any marketing that's marketing to individuals that are retired or close to it. And all you got to do is be on your phone or be on your computer and, and things will pop up. And, and one of the ones that pops up a lot is, it's almost like a competition. It's not just have I saved enough for retirement, but how do I stack up compared to other people, right? How much, you know, savings by age is, is the one that I You know I, I what I compare seeing. that to? Yeah. It, just as a woman, we're so fixated on how much do I weigh? What size am I? Yeah, and knowing yeah, what your like friends how, are. It's kind of like that. And with dudes... Remember the Hemi commercial? Oh, it's a Hemi. Like, I've got a bigger truck mm-hmm. than you, that kind of thing. I mean, there's a human nature element to it, yeah. right? So there, there's a little bit of a competition. Again, we've been doing this for a long time. So here's the thing. Everybody is unique. Everybody is different. There is no exact number. The number really does resonate. You remember those old commercials where, you know, everybody was, like, carrying their number around? It goes back I do remember that. 10 plus years. and. So it's like that, that identified them in some way. They identified in them in some way. And I understand because literally we're going through financial planning. We're going through investments. We're building everything out. And they'll ask me, hey, I know you see a lot of people. I know everybody's a little bit different. But, you know, how do we stack up compared to the other people that you see, right? Do we have more? Do we have less? Are we somewhere in the middle? And so I do think it's, it's human nature to want to evaluate that. Right. Mm-hmm. So where do I stand? And then I think the unfortunate thing about the where do I stand is that somehow there's peace of mind in that. Right. Like if I've saved more money than somebody else in retirement, then in theory, I'm more comfortable with that. And what we really need to do is, is not look at it that way. We need to look at. All right. Well, given your situation and given your goals in retirement, how much do you need to have set aside? The numbers are very, very different, Kristen, if you take a look at somebody who is going to have uh, pension income, which is a lot of people who are going to mm-hmm. have pension income, versus people who are not going to have a pension. What it boils down to is, what is your cost of living? Right, That's what we're looking okay. at. So after taxes, federal taxes, state taxes, after inflation, which obviously is a little crazy right now, but you know we got to look at inflation. After all of those things... If we knew how long you were going to live, which we don't, that would make the math a lot simpler. If I knew you were going to pass away at 90 and I could make sure that the last check bounces, you know, then that's fine. But that's not how it works. So the uncertainty has obviously something to do with the amount of money you've saved aside for retirement. But what it has a bigger influence on whether you're successful or not is going to be how long do you live? And what does it cost to maintain your current standard of living? I, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody who goes, hey, listen, I want to retire. And I've just decided I want to live on half of what I was getting that whole time. <laughs> right? it's not, that's, that's not, not the goal. Right? You would just sort of work until you had enough. Mm-hmm. So then back to the, your original question. I'm sorry that I went you know, right. round and round on that. But is so what is the right number? And it's going to be different for everybody. So some people... Well, let's face it, they haven't put enough aside for retirement. But the reason they haven't put enough aside for retirement is because if they did retire, and we go through the entire analysis, if you retired, you couldn't maintain your standard of living. You're spending Mm. more than you've been able to set aside to not run out of money sort of very quickly. And sometimes that's because you're just hardworking folks. You wanted to help the kids with college and weddings. It's a myriad of reasons. Yeah, everybody's reason is different. But it's our job as fiduciaries we got to be realistic. If you haven't set aside enough for retirement, something's going to have to change. Right. Either we're going to show you 
hey, listen, you need to work this much longer and set aside this much money for retirement, or you're going to have to adjust your spending habits. And sometimes that's tough love, but that, that needs to happen. Otherwise, you're, you're just being disingenuous to somebody and saying, well, hey, yeah, sure, no problem, invest it here. And if a financial advisor is doing that to someone after they've already run the math and you can see on paper, hey, you're going to run out of money. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's horrible. But Kristen, also, a lot of people have set aside more than they even need for retirement. Hmm. I think a conversation I just had last week, a couple, they've done a a great job of setting money aside for retirement. They've paid off most everything they have. So they're just not a family that has a lot of expenses. And what I mean by that is, you know, they're really not dealing with mortgages. They're really not dealing with uh, cars, not dealing with this, not dealing with that. But you piece it all together, and they don't need much on a monthly basis because they don't have that much in expenses. And that's when it gets really fun because now we're going, okay, well, geez, you know, you could, I think in their case, and this is going to sound crazy low, but they just did a good job. They live very conservatively. So I think their expenses are something like maybe 3000 a month. Oh, okay. So not a ton. I mean, their Social Security is going to cover that. Now we're looking at assets going, well, geez, you know. If you don't spend more, then you're just going to wind up leaving a pile of money to beneficiaries. Is that what you want? Nope, that's not what we want. Okay, well then, let's go. Goes back to Let's now educating some, them on yeah. how to spend more money, mm-hmm. right? And and so the, the financial planning process, and I, I, this is probably why I'm still doing this 20 plus years later, is it's always unique. I love what I do. It never feels like work, but it is great helping people and. You know, helping them be successful in retirement is uh, very, very rewarding. Join the conversation now at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. The information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy. Florida license D056341. California license 0N00828. Talon Wealth is the official wealth management team of the Florida Gators. Compensation was paid to Learfield for partnership with the Gators as of January 2023.